Dear listeners, welcome to Faces of Digital Health, a podcast about digital health and how healthcare systems adopt technology. My name is Tiasha Zaitz, and today you will be listening about challenges associated with medication adherence. Medication management is a complicated, expensive, and complex healthcare problem. Because taking medications is only a small part of patients' lives, taking them correctly can be complicated and burdensome. Patients might not take medications because that gives them the sense of having their lives under control and not dictated by medicine. They might get fatigued by pill reminders because getting constantly told that you have a condition can get emotionally draining. These are just the few potential causes of non-adherence that can lead to serious complications. But some companies are proving that the mission to help patients is not an impossible task. You will hear from Jennifer Butler, the Chief Marketing Officer at Medisafe. Medisafe is the world's leading consumer medication management platform, approaching 7 million users in almost 200 countries. Jen says that patients want transparency about their treatments. It's been clear for years that for medication management solutions to work, they need to go beyond pill reminders. To learn how, tune in, enjoy the discussion, and to learn more about the show and browse through other episodes as well, go to www.facesofdigitalhealth.com. If you will like what you hear, do leave a rating or a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Leaving a review has finally gotten easy. All you have to do is go to www.lovethepodcast.com slash faces of digital health and you will be redirected to the platform appropriate for the device you're using. Thank you. Now to the discussion about medication management. Jennifer, Medisafe is the world's leading consumer medication management platform, approaching 7 million users in more than 150 countries. How did you get into 150 countries? I think that's a good starting point to explain what Medisafe does. Yes, actually, as of this Friday, we're going to be crossing over the 7 million registered user mark if the trends continue the way they are. And it's almost 200 countries at this point. And um, it's organic growth that has been really for the past eight years, eight and a half years at this point. Metasafe started back in, in 2012. And the platforms, uh, Google Play and the Apple Store, um, App Store, they have been really fueling the growth for us. It's a direct-to-consumer opportunity to manage medications where it's a free app to all. We're not going out and paying for a list of, of users by any means. And that's represented by the fact that we have over 350,000 reviews on the app stores with a 4.7 star rating. 
So what actually drew me to MetaSafe, I've been in healthcare technology now for um, over a decade. And the fact that MetaSafe was started with a consumer in mind, and this was um, from a personal encounter that Omri and Rodham, our founders, um, had with their dad who overtook his insulin. He's diabetic and unfortunately miscalculated, lost track of his insulin um, takes and actually took an extra dosage. And thankfully, he's fine, but it made them aware of how arduous of a process it is to try to keep all the medications in line. And it's not something that you can just program easily into your phone. They turn immediately to the phone because they said, oh, dad's carrying around the phone. Let's let's put this into um, his phone, his schedule, but it doesn't work so well. So that's where the birth of MetaSafe came from. And he was, um, Mr. Shore was the MetaSafe user number one. But what they've realized is that it is really complicated. Our users are juggling on average three to five medications under the age of 65. Over the age of 65, that increases to seven. And you get to a point where you just don't have enough post-it notes and enough colors to put around. And, and, and we're in a virtual world. We do everything in our phones. You know, we're banking in our phones now. We're, we're talking to friends in our phones. We're talking to family. I mean, gosh, the past nine months, every, our whole life has been on our phone. So, so putting your, your medication schedule into your phone, and having the reminders is really an easier way of incorporating it into your life. We measure a stickiness factor just to see how relevant our MetaSafe is with our users. We measure monthly active users, but then we look at daily active users. And we have 70% of our monthly active users are in the app daily, which is mm-hmm. higher than Instagram and Twitter usage. And that's because you have so many medications that you're managing and you're going in it all the time. And I, we can evolve and I'll let you ask the question, but there's more to it as you're so aware beyond just a pill reminder for medication. Mm-hmm. What's the business model? You work with a lot of pharma companies. How do those partnerships form? You know, we are a, a holistic platform where we support patients' medication cabinet. You can put all your medications, as I mentioned, you know, our on average have three to five, um, our users have three to five medications, and the app is free. So we want to encourage and help empower as many patients as possible. But in this world, we recognize that as technology is evolving, and pharma is um, needs to support patients with the complexities of the technologies that are out there and advancements in medication, there needs to be more support around the patient. And it's beyond just taking a pill. What if you have an injection? You know, it, the fear of injection is a huge hurdle and barrier for a lot of biologics to get the patient through that first take and into the second. So we're, our business model has evolved is that we partner with pharma. And within our platform, build out specific support programs around the brands so that if you're on a specific brand and it has, it's a, it's a more complex journey, if you will, we will support that by building out a branded program in. So it's an app within MetaSafe that's for the pharma mm-hmm. brand. And is that available in all the countries? Because apart from New Zealand and the United States, direct to consumer advertising or just the connection, direct contact between the pharma and the, the patients is not allowed. So how do you tackle that? 
each brand has its different country origin and needs. So we, we work a country by country basis. So that probably means that different users have access to different kinds of content, right? Exactly. You have different experiences depending on geography and, and who you are. You know, in the U.S., for example, we support over 13,000 brands in our platform. And, you know, we work then specifically with a couple. And it, when you put in your medication, um, if we have a program, then we'll invite the patient to that program to get the additional support that's needed. I like to say mm-hmm. it's a digital embrace or a digital handhold through your treatment needs. And mm-hmm. that, that's where pharma is um, is supporting their patients. It's all the resources that they have up on their website. But in, as a user or patient, you have to go to that website. You have to know at the time what you're looking for and find it. And then you get the benefit of it. What we've done is taken that information and support the patients at the time of need. So we've dynamically put that um, into their journey needs. I think that's very interesting, especially since I found the recent post by the CEO of Medivisor, Tal Gilvoy, very interesting, where he quoted the fact that I think 47% of patients in clinical trials get disengaged because of the lack of communication about the state of clinical trials. So, you know, you get enrolled, but then you don't know anything about what's happening, what were the outcomes, what does that mean for you, you know, are were you in the control group, were you in the right group? So from that perspective, you know, is, is that something that you could potentially address as well, maybe sometime in the future, or is that too much out of your scope? We work in the commercialized side of that, but there's certainly areas in clinical trial that apply, the same practices apply. And where I'm going is that what you mentioned is the transparency. You know, patients need transparency. We get transparency in everything we do in our life. You know, from ordering a pizza, I can see when they're going to put it in the pizza oven. You know, I want to know where my medication is and what, you know, if it's going through the prior off process, how am I doing with it and what's the pay going to be and when's it going to get shipped and arrive to me? And that's a lot of what we've done up front for patients and with these complex medications, especially pharma needs, is that we will provide the transparency. We've connected patients also in our programs with hubs so that the patients are connected with their with clinicians who will support them through this process as well. But what they usually have for connection with hubs is a phone call. And now we have it all in their app for them. So they're digitally connected and they can track their needs as well. I think that transparency is a huge, whether you're in commercial space or clinical trials, you want to see what's going on and understand how best to manage around your, your current status. I started working in the digital health space in around 2015. And I remember at the time, you know, apps weren't regulated at all. There was just a lot of hype regarding what potential do they really have? Uh, the number of the apps was growing. And yet it seemed that applications for pill reminders don't work because they take too much effort of the patient and, you know, patients just don't want to be constantly reminded of, of their health and just several issues regarding probably also the nascent state of app development. So how does Medivisor, Medisafe differentiate on the market? How do you do things differently 
to achieve higher rates of adherence and consequently patient outcomes with medication treatments? Well, I think we look at the patient holistically. One example Pill reminders are annoying, and they're annoying because they're needed. <laughs> and I and I totally understand. You don't always want to be reminded of your condition, and there are ways that you can work around supporting patients by empowering. And everyone says that empowering, but it's really making patients engaged. And in order to engage them, they have to be satisfied. So I think even at the core, MediSafe has really try has really been consumer first and consumer focused and making it as easy as possible for patients to add their medications. Um, we're connected with um, Apple Health Records, for example, so you can download your medications into the platform. When we partner with hubs, you can get streamlined um, that, that experience as well. But once you're in uploading your medications, you're then setting and taking control and setting you know, how you want to be reminded and then where I'm going is you also have a larger support system that MediSafe recognizes. I mentioned the nurses, but you also have friends and family. And and sometimes friends and family also need to be involved in, in the situation, whether it's for my, my parents or my kids. You know, I want to be supportive of their medication needs. And we have um, what we call MedFriend feature. And the MedFriend is a mirrored, if you will, um, reminder so that my um, I would know when my mom is taking her medication or I would know when my daughter is taking her medication. And I've had instances where I've had friends use it for their 16-year-old kids who don't want to be reminded by mom and dad all the time that they're taking their medication, but it's critical that they're taking their medication. And mom and dad now have peace of mind knowing that they're child is taking that medication without being in their business all the time. We had a review come in on the other side that said that your app has literally saved my mom's life. And it was so powerful. She lives in a different state than her mom. Her mom always, um, she gets the med friend alerts when her mom takes the medication. She didn't get the med friend alert. And so she sent a neighbor over to check in on her mom. Well, it turns out her mom was actually not in a good state. She was was passed out on the bathroom floor and had suffered a stroke. And if they hadn't gotten to her in time, it would have been a, a grave situation. And so we literally are, you know, by bringing in family and friends to the medication management, it goes beyond just that nuisance of a pill reminder, but into a holistic support system that people, mm-hmm. especially over the past nine months, certainly appreciate and need. Uh, how do you address the fact that with the most medications, so patients that are, are over 70, over 80, over 90 even, you know, they're not digitally savvy, you know, so how can you help them? It's amazing. So we get this a lot. We've talked to a lot of, um, a lot of Medicare focused um, organizations or even pharma that's focusing on patients that are over 65. And they say, well, what if they're not digitally savvy because they're over 65? Well, we actually found that the users on MediSafe over 65 are more engaged than those under 65 and are more adherent than those under 65 and take advantage of MedFriend, for example, more often than those under 65. So we're really starting to debunk the myth that over 65 doesn't use mobile as much. And I can tell you that 
um, the way I see my mom on Facebook, she's always on <laughs> but we also have other programs too. And that's, you know, it is there it certainly isn't everyone's not on their phone. And we, we have programs with our partnerships, like with the Lash group, which are, it's a hub. And so if there's a specialty medication um, that somebody's connected to us with, there are also nurses that will be following up as well. It's a great point. And so we have features also that show the type of pill. <laughs> That mm-hmm. we can um, get into the specifics of like you can show the shape of the pill, the color of the pill, and to make sure that if you're unable to read what the actual medication is, you can at least identify um, the shape and color of the pill as well, which sounds really simple. But that's, again, gets the crux of MediSafe. It's like it is simple. And that's why it's easy. Yeah. Once you have a large number of medications that you need to take, at least according to, to my experiences, it's if you don't uh, divide pills in advance, you know, based on days or morning, evening, then it can quickly happen that, you know, while you're busy figuring out what medications you, you have to take, you forget during the process what you already took. So from that perspective, I think one of the more revolutionary solutions on the market in recent years was pill pack. You know, that's kind of bringing medications to you. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think they solve the issue of injectables or um, if you've got creams and things like other routes of administrations of medications. But it's quite an interesting approach to, you know, prevent the patient from taking the wrong drug, thinking they took the right one. Yes. And I think PillPack has really revolutionized the way that we're dispensing and, and managing the actual pills delivery when you get into complexities with titration and changing um, schedules. Um, sometimes you need to, the, it, it gets a little bit tougher to navigate the, the standard delivery of the pill pack. So um, that's where, you know, there is the ability, I think the combination of having a digital companion along with the physicality of the multiple dispensing needs. Um, I think there is, you know, that's probably the most ideal <laughs> situation as, as hopefully we'll all can evolve to. I'm, I'm pretty sure about that too. You mentioned the word uh, digital companion, and we described a little bit what MediSafe uh, does. Can you kind of take us through a little bit into the development of digital companions? How did we get to where we are today? And what do you see as the future in the development of these solutions? Absolutely. And I appreciate that because I alluded to it earlier, but the, the word digital companion, we actually at MediSafe call ourselves a digital drug companion. So we're not looking to become a digital therapeutic that's replacing medication. Um, we're, we're looking to be a companion to the medication to help with the administration and the right schedule and um, doses schedule and therapeutic um, outcomes. And what I mean by that is that the medication reminders are such, and as I said, that technology is advanced and the schedules are getting more complicated, we recognize that the patient journey is more complicated. And so we need to, to um, create a companion to bring a patient through that initiation that can sometimes involve complex prior auth process, shipment tracking, to getting them through a titration schedule of on of initiation into medication or through the fear of the first injection 
or to keep them regulated and, and, and help them with appointment scheduling into infusion centers. Um, so there are all these different complications that are coming about with the amazing advancement of technology. And as pharma is making these advancements, just as we are recognized with a vaccine and expedited to market in an amazing fashion, you know, there's capabilities out there that are beyond our, our, our imagination right now, but it's only as good as the consumer can manage it. And, you know, their manufacturers are on one end, but you have to have patient engagement. And in order to have patient engagement, you have to make it as easy and simple as possible for a satisfied patient to be engaged and be adherent to their schedule. And so that's where the beauty of a digital companion comes in, a digital drug companion is that's the consumer side. That's going to be the the pharmacist in the back pocket, you know, making sure that that patient is staying adherent, is understanding the the where the technology, uh, the advancements are bringing them to their overall health outcomes. So it's a building that patient support service uh, system around them. You mentioned before that you are in 150 countries and that the support that's available there differs based on country, but it's for sure true that you've got a lot of data about users in different countries. Is there anything you can share regarding your findings about the differences among patients based on their location? It's a well-known fact that, uh, especially in the US, your health depends on your zip code. It's almost like a meme when you say that. And yeah, so I wonder if there's anything that you notice that's different in the impact the culture might have. We actually um, have a, an announcement that we've made over a year ago working with Merck KGAA in Russia, Mexico, and Brazil, and across cardio, diabetes, and thyroid conditions. And it is important in, in the different countries and the way to engage with the different, like I know in Brazil, we're focusing a lot more around family needs and support than we were in other countries. And I think that there's, you know, difference in nuances and in, in the way that you engage patients by country by country. But I guess what I can say is we have reviews coming in from all over the world. And mm -hmm. so 350,000 reviews that I referenced are not just U.S. by any means. What do you see as the current challenges that you're facing when it comes to addressing medication adherence? My observation is that when you've got new patients that are hardly starting some therapy, they are the ones that are most open to getting information about what they need to do and how they need to take their medications. But when we're talking about chronic patients, you know, after they are with their condition for years and years, and it's a part of them, it can quickly happen that, you know, just because they feel okay, they feel like they perhaps don't have to take medications, or they feel very confident that they know everything about their medications. And that's where I see that potential non-adherence non could happen. So how do you prevent that medication taking alertness fatigue that happens over time? We did looked into with the, the barriers and reasons for medication non-adherence. And there are over almost, I think over 190 reasons and barriers that people don't take their medications. Um, but it really comes down to the person and it becomes personal. And I think that's where we've taken it to the next level is making sure that we understand Jen. We know, you know, 
who Jen is, where she lives, what's going on, what medication she's on, and how to engage her versus someone else, like versus Tasha. So, so the AI driven component becomes, you know, it sounds a little quirky, but you start to develop a digital um, relationship and loyalty with your users. And it's, you know, that's the age of technology that we're in. I mean, you know, I probably text back and forth more often with some folks than I actually physically speak with them. Um, and I think we're used to kind of getting into that, that level of digital engagement relationship. And when you're managing a chronic condition, um, there are going to be ebbs and flows in, in where you are and the fat- fatigue factor sets in. Um, but we also find that a lot of our patients are managing chronic conditions and are managing multiple medications. So because of the multiple medication needs, it's, it's not that they're not going to take it. It's, it's that, you know, there, there becomes more complexities to be able to help them through that. And that's where the programs that we're building out certainly have more support around them. Um, if there is need to, bre- to um, bring in caregivers, clinicians, and or family, as I mentioned with MedFriend, you know, that's where those um, levels come in as well. So there's mm-hmm. no silver bullet. I think you absolutely have a, you know, you're right. You know, there is a fatigue factor, but that's where the peskiness of persistence of, of these digital drug companions also, they don't give up. <laughs> They're yeah. going to going. <laughs> Can you perhaps take us through an example of how personalization goes? You know, if you try to imagine a patient that has three drugs first and then gets a prescription for, for new ones, how does that, you know, personalization happen inside the app so the experience is improved for the individual? Sure. So we have different levels of personalization, if you will. Um, if I have three drugs and I'm managing on MediSafe, I enter a fourth one and, and it's a program that we're actually partnering with a pharma company on, I would be invited to their program and to join to better support my therapeutic needs, my therapy needs. And so that would, um, in, in that onboarding process, we're also asking further questions like, Jen, is this the first time that you're taking, I'll make up a name, Nordicet? You know, yes, it is. Are you experienced with biologics, with injections? No, I'm not. So now all of a sudden we're collecting information about Jen and understanding where Jen's starting her journey with us and saying, okay, she's going to really need a lot of support in how to do the administration of an injection. Make sure she knows to take it out of the refrigerator 15 minutes before injection, how to clean the site, how to do the injection, and then how to clean up afterwards. And make sure she's engaged and stays motivated so that she goes into the next take with in the same timely manner. In addition, she has a medicine cabinet full of other medications that we have to keep her adherent to as well. We call this just-in-time interventions where we have, it's our AI-driven platform so that we have conversations and dynamically change the content within our platform, within our app, so that it's engaging patients at the time of their journey where they need it. So it's therapeutic-driven, it's person, it's the uh, behavior-driven and it's identifying the type of individual that we've kind of put personas behind. Um, we have, you know, with over 7 million users, we have um, quite a data set to to leverage to say, well, Jen looks like this type, and but yet, you know, she's Jen. So we got to make sure that we're <laughs> engaging her to stay on her four medications. And, and here's the, the flight plan that, you know, that the 
that's set up to get to her therapeutic needs. You mentioned that in some instances, you can also engage nurses and uh, caregivers, family, even doctors. How does that happen? Yeah, so we have a partnership right now with the Lash Group, and we work with them, with their clinicians, with the programs that they're already supporting or bringing on to the, their hub. And the clinicians, as they're onboarding patients, the nurses will talk to them about the MetaSafe program in which they can digitally be connected and supporting the patients through their therapeutic needs. And this creates a lifeline, if you will, between the clinician and the patient. And clinicians are able use our care connector, which is a dashboard, if you will, an insight into all the patients in their panel um, upon going through the onboarding process. And they can identify whether patients are staying adherent or not to their takes and their schedule within MetaSafe. And they can flag a patients that would be at risk um, if they don't have an intervention. Or they can communicate with digitally with the patients. If there's a reason why I skip, there could be a certain that we deploy surveys to understand reasons why um, a patient skips and, and then can deploy content that would support maybe right coursing that behavior. Otherwise, nurses are, you know, in more extreme cases, have ability to intervene right away, depending on the severity of the, of the medication and therapy needs. So creating mm -hmm. that lifeline, we, we found that it's created a huge value and of efficiency play for the nurses. Instead of just dialing through the phone, they're now able, it goes back to that whole discussion of transparency. <laughs> you know, they have transparency into their patients to support them and the patients have transparency into the needed therapeutic um, resources. And is this limited to the United States? Yes. So in theory, you know, if you wanted to offer that, in another country, you would, I assume, work with the healthcare providers because the app is still free for patients, right? Absolutely. Yep. It's all, it's always free for patients. So the business mm -hmm. model is set up through the care side. So then, for example, if you're working with the healthcare provider and they want to offer this service to the, the patients, it's through the collaboration with them and knowing which patients are using the platform that the app changes for the patients as well or the app depending on the program that the patients are in will will change and so if we were to do a program specifically with a healthcare system their patients would have a unique experience for that healthcare system how do patients usually find you Honestly, it's been through um, the word of mouth and through searching through the um, channels that we're on with the Apple App Store and with Google Play. And mm -hmm. obviously, we, when we partner with pharma clients, it's every single touch point that they have with onboarding patients, we're a part of that onboarding process. So from being on their website to um, welcoming kits, we're part of, you know, their initiation onto therapy. When you get more extensive with bringing in hubs and support, as I mentioned, the clinicians will also help patients onboard to MediSafe as well. Did you detect any unusual trends in medication management during COVID? It's definitely been a special year, 2020. It really has. It's a great question. And that's something we, we went to right away in March. We said, oh my gosh, you know, let's look at our adherence and see what's going on and, and look at the behavior. And we didn't see on our platform a change in behavior, which 
is good, right? Because that means that we're doing our job, <laughs> that people are staying adherent. But we wanted to know more. We just didn't stay with what we saw. We wanted to get behind the mindset of the patients. I mean, this is a pandemic. This is a scary time. People are socially isolated from the rest of the world and missing doctor's appointments. And so we deployed a couple surveys to our, our users over the past nine months. First one at the, um, in the beginning of April, we reached out and we just wanted to check in with our patients and said, you know, how, how are you doing? What's going on? What can, what can we do? You know, are you feeling vulnerable? Are you missing doctor's appointments? Are you turning to telehealth? Well, we found the obvious answers with, you know, over 50% of folks were missing doctor's appointments. People were turning to telehealth. Folks were feeling very vulnerable and they wanted more information that was relevant to them. But what we found in like those first three is that it changed the, the responses differed depending on the conditions that, that folks were treating. And we can get into those details when we're surveying patients by understanding from the medication side what medications were responding in certain ways. So, for example, patients treating lymphomas were feeling extremely vulnerable about the pandemic and what to do. Those missing doctor's appointments were higher for cancer patients, unfortunately. And those turning to telemedicine were those that were treating mental health for the most part. You know, of course, it, it were the, all these outliers to their standard. And what we did is we, we wanted to support our patients and we turned um, to everyday health. Um, and partnered with Everyday Health in creating a COVID-19 resource center in which we opened it up to all of our users in the U.S. And we have over 10,000 users enrolled in our our resource center that are actively getting COVID-19 information. And when I say active, it has been incredible amount of activity with over five visits a month, spending over two minutes every time in there in the resource center itself. And we're finding that they're going in when they're taking their medication, they're going in and checking out the latest updates. The other part too is that we followed up in October with everyone and said, you know, checking in with how you guys, how our users are feeling with the vaccines that are coming to market. And we were certainly surprised to find out in October, this is before it started rolling out, mind you, that over 50% of our users who are treating chronic conditions, who are on multiple medications, we're very suspicious of vaccines and we're not likely to take them, which made a lot of, you know, made us concerned and, and, and certainly raises a lot of awareness of education that's needed, and which we've seen since October, thankfully, of, of how to guide patients through the safety aspects of and the importance of getting vaccines. So how did you approach that issue? Because with any new medication, and I think we've seen that with vaccines as well, You know, as soon as you're a chronic patient, you're not immediately advised to take the vaccine. It's you need to consult your doctor. So I assume that that's where the skepticism, not, not, not the skepticism, but the fear of patients, you know, comes from because they fear how their body would react with all the medications and everything. Absolutely. We actually had um, in our this survey in particular, we had open-ended questions just to really see what was going on. And in the U.S. at the time in early October, it was quite polarizing the political 
um, responses that we were getting to a very non-political question about whether or not you take the vaccine. Um, what it came down to is that folks who are treating um, chronic conditions said that no, you know, government's not going to tell me to get the vaccine. I'm going to listen to what my doctor says. You know, and that's always our advice at MediSafe. We are not the doctor. We are we are supporting medication management from established therapies and that are out there. Where whenever um, we do have a, you know, something I didn't mention, a drug to drug interaction indicator, a DDI indicator, so that you know that we have over two hundred thousand DDIs have been identified since we put this into place eight years ago. And when when someone puts in a medication that could be re- reactive to another medication in their uh, medicine cabinet, our drug to drug interaction alert doesn't tell someone not to take it. Again, we're not providing the medical advice, but it says consult your doctor. And that's always the, you know, our message is to, you know, again, that's because we're trying to empower patients. We're empowering them with how to talk to your doctor, the discussion guides, the way, you know, if you're, we're giving them the alerts, but, you know, this is the conversation you need to have with someone who's providing you with that medical advice. Given that in 2020, digital health was kind of on steroids with a finally hardly expected uh, growth in, in usage, in the openness to change towards digital, how did the whole year during COVID impact you as a company and the way you're thinking about the ways forward? You always want to be, and I think as I told you, you just went through with the starting the, the resource center for COVID-19 and providing patients with education is you always want to empower um, patients and that's our mission at MediSafe. There's no time more relevant than empowering patients than during the past nine months when all other resources might not have been accessible. So when you're not able to go physically go into the doctor's office or be connected as you have in traditional models, this certainly the relevance and the um, and the the value that a digital companion brings um, sets a whole new discussion to how healthcare can be delivered. We certainly saw incredible uptick of telehealth over the past nine months. And and the fact that the use of video telemedicine was just skyrocketing and, and probably will become a new model of, of a lot of visits for, for doctors and patients. And keeping patients out of the hospital isn't terrible in some cases at, at all and keeping them safe mm-hmm. from further exposure. But what that is, telehealth is a point of care and where digital health comes in is it's a continuous care. And I think that's really where we've seen dramatic awareness and education on the power that continuous digital care can bring in, in supporting patients, especially through the pandemic. You've been listening to Faces of Digital Health. If you enjoyed the show, leave a rating or a review by going to www.lovethepodcast.com slash faces of digital health and you will be redirected to the platform appropriate for your device stay tuned